CliffCentral.com. It's fair about out there that's working hard for their money. Out there getting how they live. Doing what they got to do to make ends meet. It's the American dream. And almighty God. I work hard for my money. Here she is. Good morning, Anthea. Good morning, Gareth. I do like these uh, fancy new studios. Yes. Yeah, you haven't been new. in the new studio yet. Yeah. No. Good. Well, I'm glad you're here. So, uh, there are lots of things to discuss this morning, believe it or not, uh, even though it's a Monday and we didn't trade over the weekend, but we can talk about Friday. Uh, there's probably quite a lot there. You want to talk about global asset prices under pressure, oil trading close to $50 a barrel? Yeah, I think so. Friday, everything just came to a bit of a standstill, really. Our market was down uh, 0.6 of a percent. For the week, we were down 2.5%. Um, volume traded very low. On our market, we just traded about a billion rand, uh, sorry, a billion dollars. Um, and normally we trade about 1.6, 1.7 billion. And, and everything I think was just really ahead of the elections. So elections in France that happened yesterday, uh, euro stocks were flat. Um, mm-hmm. but then bond, French bond yields and the market actually came off, you know, so there's definitely a very French centric kind of trading on Friday that happened. And then in the US as well, I think they just, weren't interested almost in the, I, I think the other thing is that hedging has suddenly become very expensive because the markets are so volatile. And so traders are a little bit uh, reticent to put on these big trades or to do anything. And they can't really hedge themselves. So they just sit on their hands, really. I mean, I, I guess the RAND being so strong is an interesting one. And because it was 1312 again on Friday, um, and that's very surprising, I must say. And I looked at the dollar weighted index, um, which is, so normally when we look at currencies, we look at crosses, you know, so we either look at the rand against the dollar or the euro or the pound or whatever, um, and the same for the dollar, but there's something called the dollar weighted index. The, the code is DXY if you ever want to look it up. Mm-hmm. And all, and it's made up. Oh, we're all rushing to look it up. Hang on. <laughs> and it's made up of, Fifty-seven percent of the euro, thirteen or fourteen percent of the Japanese yen, twelve uh, percent of the pound, nine percent Canadian dollar, four percent uh, Swedish krona, and four percent Swiss francs. And so, so it's really just kind of not dollar against one currency, but dollar okay. against all those currencies. And that has been very weak. And I think. What it's pointing to is that the Trump trade is actually coming to an end. So all these promises of tax cuts and pro-growth but he's policies. The greatest, he's got the greatest plans. He's got tremendous. the best plans. Tremendous plans. <laughs> well, the economy is great. It's never been greater. The market is day. not believing him. Really? Yeah. Huh, that was going to happen. <laughs> and I and I think for the French elections, I'm sure you've already seen the results. Um well, uh, Le Pen actually got us. Well, she's she going came in second. through. Yeah, she's going through to the next round, and I think people are now going to be very worried because France is the sixth biggest economy in the world. It's the second biggest in Europe, obviously. The EU, like, she wants to break. She wants to Frexit. She wants to get out of the EU. <laughs> Frexit. And <laughs> and the EU's stability, I think, is going to depend on what she decides if she wins, um, and it looks like there's a good chance she'll win. 
Um, and the EU is actually bigger than the Chinese economy in nominal USD terms. So it's the seventh largest global GDP. Yeah, but so. just, just, you know, so if Frexit happens, <clears throat> that doesn't mean that France is going to stop producing and that they're not going to trade with anyone anymore. It just means that the EU and the euro as a currency will be under pressure. Yes. France will still play a role. Exactly. And you saw what happened with Brexit, how the currency yeah. plummeted. So the same thing will happen this to is, the euro. People are turning their backs on the idea of um, this European economic community as it started in the beginning, the idea that nationalism doesn't matter. Um. They're yeah. going the opposite They're way. Going the, yeah, That's exactly. all. And, and mark my words on this one. Everybody who says, oh, it'll never happen, she's a far-right candidate, which, by the way, she isn't. And if you go and read about her own background, I retweeted an article this morning. You'd be quite surprised um, to find out some of the things that make Marine Le Pen an interesting human being and not a neo-Nazi radical conservative that everyone's calling her. Go and take a look at that before you jump to conclusions. Do you really think the French... The French, the laziest, most socialist country in Western Europe. Do you think they will vote for someone conservative? Like super ultra conservative? Go and have a look. Pay attention to what she's actually saying instead of what you read in the mainstream media. So you're saying that, but but she does want to get out of the EU. Oh, yeah, that she does. Well, who doesn't at the moment? The only people who want to stay in it are Angela Merkel. Three or four of her because friends. Because she runs it. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm not sure if this attack on the Champs-Élysées last week had anything to do with her winning votes. But do you know what I did? I went and looked at airline shares because we've had lots of terrorist attacks in France recently. And mm. obviously, I looked at KLM, even though it's a Dutch airline. They bought Air France in 2004. Right. Um and before, when we used to have terrorist attacks, airline shares would plummet. And actually, KLM was up on the day on Thursday and Friday. Hmm. It's a very peculiar thing going. Like, it's as if people are just getting used to it, to be honest. Well, it's sort of like when uh, our president opens his mouth and the rand doesn't necessarily drop out. It's exactly right. like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, your short euro trade worked for the weekend. But I see this morning we're exactly the same level where we were on Friday. Okay. So even that kind of as if. No one cared, <laughs> really. Okay. Okay, and then back home, a couple of things. Pioneer Foods um, put out or withdrew their cautionary. So, in other words, they put out a cautionary, which means that they were busy working on a deal that could materially impact their share price, which is what every listed company has to do. Friday, they withdrew that cautionary, um, and this, Gareth, is where the rubber hits the road because right. the share was down 5%. Well, it closed 4.5% down on Friday. But the CEO basically said that as soon as the downgrade happened, everything just stalled. And this is what we were saying last week is that when the downgrade happens or and and when the credit market freezes up is that deals don't go through. Companies don't have access to credit. It's it's completely anti-growth. And that's the problem. And and so now we're seeing it. And I think Pioneer is probably – the first example of it, quite mm. honestly, and there'll, and there'll be more to come. Well, I was reading uh, just this morning on uh, Times Live about this thing. Pioneer Foods, the first cons- confirmed corporate casualty of South Africa's credit ratings downgrade. The food giant has announced the collapse of a deal that would have, been, uh, would have made Africa's largest consumer goods company. Yeah. All falling apart. Thank you very much, Jacob Zuma. <sighs> there you go. And then Pembury Lifestyle um, – 
we spoke about this a couple of months ago. They listed, actually, maybe not, maybe only a month ago, they listed, they put out a trading update on Friday as well. I'm afraid not good news. They declared a loss of 4.6 cents per share, headline loss of 4.48. Um, operating costs really where the problem is up 112% to 42 million rand. And, and I guess we were expecting this in the beginning. You know, this is the, kind of retirement village business that were going into schools. They were buying properties. In fact, they've said that they're buying, they've bought two new properties, one in Randfontein and one in Midrand. What do they do? They, they turn schools into old age homes. No, other way around. So they were an, a retirement village um, business and now they're going into the private schools business. And so we were expecting for them to spend a lot of money kind of on properties where they were going to build schools and They've also spent a lot of money on advertising. I mean, you know, they're new to the market. So it's the, they, they, they listed at one rand a share. They're now trading at 89 cents a share. I think a good business for future, but for now, they're still very much in the building phase. And so we, we kind of just wanted to stay away from it huh. for a while. All right. Maybe, maybe later on, a couple of years time. Have you ever been to Rosettenville? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> Mubs, you have? Mm. Oh, you went to that restaurant there, didn't you? Yes, that restaurant that used to be um, a, ho- a prison holding cell. <laughs> <laughs> but Delicious. you said it was great, like Portuguese food. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing food. And, um, also the building itself is also, you know, I mean, you, for where we were sitting, for example, we were sitting in, you know, what used to be a cell. So the hmm. door is still the the bars on the door, on the windows that you see. Right. It's very freaky, but it's cool. So if you work out the maths here, because they can't catch the criminals in their one and a half vans, they turn the prisons into restaurants. Right. It's very clever. That's quite enterprising. Now, the reason I ask, Anthea, is because it seems to be the most um, loathsome place in Johannesburg. Oh. So I just wondered if you've ever been there. Of course you haven't. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> CEO was warning me not to say anything. All right. Let, let's talk about the uh, S&P um, revision, the Outlook for African Bank. Oh, yes, because they changed African banks' outlook from negative to, to stable, and they affirmed the B-plus rating, which is very peculiar at first glance because you know that institutions and banks cannot, generally speaking, have a higher credit rating than the sovereign. But this one is actually. And if you look at it deeper, though, you'll see that it's it's actually makes sense because the only thing they've rated is the uh, euro-denominated medium-term borrowing program, but not the local medium-term borrowing program. So what they're saying what? is, yeah, it's kind of, it's a technicality. It's kind of weird, actually. So what they're saying, African Bank, we like what you're doing. You've managed to turn this business around. And, and part of that is because the African bank has been buying back their own debt. I mean, obviously with public money because they were taken uh-huh. under curatorship. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like it could be a, a, a nice turnaround story actually at some stage. All right. Anything else you want to throw in? Yeah, just one last thing. We listed on the JSC last week a new ETF exchange traded fund called the AMI Big 50, ex South Africa. So, what, what is that? Uh, so it's all the st- it's an index, and it's all the stocks in Africa or the 50 biggest stocks in Africa, excluding South Africa. So I think it's actually a nice way of getting diversification because you know last week the IMF put out their report saying that. South African growth would be this year 0.8%, whereas sub-Saharan Africa would be 26 for this year.
year and 3.5 for next year. And I think it's a nice way to get access to markets in Africa that are growing, like um, Ethiopia and Cote d'Ivoire, which are growing between 7 and 7.5%. Kenya is at about 6% GDP growth. So I think it's a nice way of doing it. What I'm worried about for this, though, is the illiquidity, because that's always, for me, that's a big issue in Africa. You know, the stock markets don't trade as well as the JSE does. The JSE really is a special um, stock exchange. And then the volatility. I mean, ETFs are nice because they're easily accessible, they're cheap, they're well-regulated. But before we go rushing into it, because I think it is a nice opportunity to do some diversification and to get access to the African growth story, I I really just want to see how it trades and whether or not it's liquid enough. Okay. But you'll tell us if you are interested. Absolutely. I'll buy some into our hashtag invest portfolios if I like. Speaking of which, um, how are we doing on hashtag invest at the moment? Um. We, we're doing okay. We did come off a bit last week, but that kind of was in line with the market and the stronger rand is not helping us much. Um, we should still be in positive territory though. All right. Very good. We'll catch up properly on all of that in a couple of days time. Uh, I can't believe that we've got a stupid three day week this week. We should really just have had all three of these days off as well. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Totally unnecessary. <laughs> Who cares so about the economy? Give him a hand. He'll take <laughs> the arm. Exactly. <laughs> Cliffcentral.com.